Thank you for tuning in to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. You're about to hear a live sermon, which was recorded at our 11 a.m. contemporary service. We are thrilled to share it with you. Thank you for listening. Well, it is a great day here at Roswell Presbyterian Church. Not only will the sermon be experienced in spoken word and with a few visuals, as you know, in here. At our 11.15 service, which, uh, yep, they got one minute till call time, of our children's ministry will be um, doing the sermon in, in a musical form. And uh, if you know how much I love music and shows, uh, you'll understand my excitement. I mean, it's super fun to do the 945 <laughs> sermon with the, backdrop, the backdrop of the scripture. I got into it a little bit. Anyway, the children's musical is called Fired Up, and it's introduced uh, by the writers of this musical in this way. In the 6th century B.C., Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon conquered the ancient kingdom of Judah and forced large portions of the population into captivity. It's from this period of exile that we get wonderful biblical stories of courage and faith in the face of oppression. The stories of Esther and Daniel and the tale told in the musical, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the fiery furnace. Well, as much as I would really like to sing the whole musical for you, <laughs> it sounded like a lot of work. And really, um, this morning, is my, it's my job to preach the scriptures from the scriptures. So I'm going to invite you to listen to selected verses from Daniel 3. But before, uh, before we do, let's look to God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word that this morning comes in pure story form, but we know that it is a story of our lives too. So open our eyes, change our hearts, even in the hearing of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Daniel 3, I'll be starting with verse 1. Listen now for the abridged version. King Nebuchadnezzar made a golden statue whose height was 60 cubits and width 6 cubits. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Accordingly, at this time, certain Chaldeans came forward and denounced the Jews they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. There are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These pay no heed to you, O king. They do not serve your gods. They do not worship the golden statue that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought in. So they brought those men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, If you do not worship, you shall immediately be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, 
Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to present a defense to you in this matter if our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire and out of your hand, O king, let him deliver us. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods and we will not worship the golden statue that you have set up. So the men were bound, still wearing their tunics, their trousers, their hats, their other garments, and they were thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up quickly. He said to his counselors, was it not three men that we threw bound into the fire? They answered the king, true, O king. He replied, but I see four men unbound walking in the middle of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the fourth has an appearance of a god. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the door of the furnace of blazing fire and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the fire. Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel, delivered his servants who trusted in him. They disobeyed the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own god. This is the word of the Lord. <laughs> Thanks be to God. Can you see why this story makes it to the, the top list of well-known Bible stories? Even if it is sensationalized in musicals and dramas, there are important lessons that can help us follow God in our lives. These three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, found themselves in this fiery ordeal, not, not just because they disobeyed the king's order, they had always done things differently and stood out from the crowd. The book of Daniel, which really is mostly about Daniel, begins with an explanation as to why Daniel and these three aren't like the others serving in the royal court. Let me back up a little. The Babylonian Empire had been on a rampage to conquer the known world. It was a period of ruthless war and destruction. Not only did they take spoils of gold and jewels, they took for themselves the most fit and the most capable leaders from these conquered lands. So among these were Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They could have easily lost their heads and reacted to their captivity in reckless ways but they leaned upon their heritage and responded to a call to courage. 
courage that began with a lifestyle that, that began on the inside. These men held true to their identity. They found courage to approach the authorities and request that they be able to live life differently. It was a subtle move because it all began with a diet. <laughs> you see, they, they were a part of the royal court. They were expected to eat in the king's banquet hall. They were to be wined and dined with the best of them, but they knew that this would conflict with their dietary laws that were a part of their identity as the people of Israel. The king's meals were rich, exotic dishes prepared in ways that meant they probably contained certain meats that their community considered not good, unclean. They couldn't, and they wouldn't bring themselves to indulge in this way. You know, what strikes me most is that they weren't secretive about it. They were honest about their convictions, but they didn't impose them on others. They chose to make a sacrifice, public, but not showy. When they asked permission to eat a diet of vegetables with spices, they told the authorities that they could keep them in check even to find out how it would affect their productivity and their fitness for their heavy responsibilities. Not only were they found to be healthier, they were found to be wiser and more savvy when it came to running the government of Babylon. They were set apart. They made this choice out of obedience. It gave them an opportunity to rely upon God to provide. And what is more, it made them better leaders for the common good. That one subtle choice began to affect the whole community. They stood out among the crowd, even the crowds of the most elite. And that brings us to our scripture and our musical today. When the status quo of the people was to bow down and worship something other than their God, it didn't surprise anyone that these men would make a different choice. This time, it wasn't a sacrifice of fancy foods. It meant being willing to sacrifice their lives. It was an extreme call to courage. As they were led to their execution, they knew they might make the ultimate sacrifice. But they had built in their own lives a strength and a trust that God would be faithful. They were engulfed not by flames, but by the presence of God and were spared. The king watched the whole thing play out and was drastically influenced by their witness and by God's power. Now, this story is not meant to be a guarantee that we won't suffer when we make sacrifices. But we can see in dramatic ways that what we do affects those around us. 
I hope you were here last week or, or you've had time to listen to Jeff and Sean Duncan's sermon from last week. They reminded us that what we do and the choices we make have an impact on our world. When we choose to live our lives disconnected to the needs of the world, we might think it doesn't matter, but it does. It takes courage to connect with people who don't think like us or worship like us or look like us. It takes sacrifice to make a choice that will benefit a community, not just our own personal cravings. God is calling Roswell Presbyterian Church to again be a pioneer to tending to the well-being of our community. It's time for us to open our eyes to a new trend that we're hearing about. It's called the suburbanization of poverty. More people living in material poverty are living in the suburbs than the streets in the cities. Are we going to go with the status quo and be content with the growing rate of masked homelessness around us? Recently, poverty in the suburbs of the United States has grown at a rate of 60%, while around Atlanta, it has grown by 160%. Friends, this is going to take some time. And the impact of our choices to wake up and live our lives in proximity to need is going to be slow. Get used to this word, proximity. I don't even know exactly what it will mean for us, especially when we as a church family live miles away from each other. It will take courage and creativity to experience a closeness to the needs of people in our community like we never have before. In the meantime... We're called to help lighten the burdens that people are carrying until our pioneer moves begin to help break the cycle of poverty. While our missional imagination is kicking in, we're fortunate to connect with many who are already on the front lines of meeting material needs in healthy ways. Did you know that this very morning, through our mission partnership with Family Promise, the people who have been experiencing homelessness in our area are moving their children and what's left of their belongings into a warm and welcoming shelter within the walls of this church. Yes, we are sacrificing our usual programs in a certain area of the church to make room for others this week. There'll be over 25 volunteers staying here with them, bringing cone-cooked meals, sitting down and having a meal with these families who need to know they belong. When we travel to Guatemala, Mexico, and Kenya, we sacrifice our hard-earned vacation time to be close to those who are trying to make a difference in villages, desperate, 
for clean water, an education that leads to sustainability. If you haven't had time to read what gifts ranging from two to as many twos as you can fit in your checkbook, <laughs> please take some time to, to look at, read about these snapshots. Let, let that sink in and, and hear a call to courage to help us go the second mile for mission. What sacrifice will you make, no matter how small, to live a life that God can use for others in need? You know, when I was writing our check for Second Mile for Mission, I couldn't help but notice the details of another check I had just written. I had spent what would be to most of the world an exorbitant amount of money to have someone do work in my home that I am perfectly capable of doing. But time is money, right? But what if I deliberately sacrifice that most valuable commodity of time and did the job myself next time? Added that amount of money to my gift. I know some of you are going to be checking with me to see if I do that. I don't want to underestimate the struggles and sacrifices that many of you are already making. I just want us to be intentional in the choices that we can make. Is there somewhere in your life that you can deliberately sacrifice something and dedicate that choice to God and give the money where it is needed? No matter how small, our choices can have a great impact. That's why we join our gifts together through Second Mile for Mission. Our mission partners have been vetted so we can assure you that their priorities and practices align with ours. We make sure that they are about relationships, not just handouts. They're committed to making systemic changes, not just putting a Band-Aid on obvious need. There's an opportunity for you to make a sacrifice of time this Saturday morning. Join us in this church-wide day of service. You'll have a chance to be in proximity of our mission partners to help them be better equipped to serve those that they are in relationship with. We've joined with our mission partners so we can ensure that our efforts to, show, to share the good news of God's love is done in holistic ways. Your very private decision of what you will sacrifice will have a very public impact. And that's what happened in the lives of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They answered the call to courage. They made sacrifices based on their convictions without imposing them on, on others. Those subtle moves brought them to a place where only God could bring them out. Their faithfulness to God led a person of power and his kingdom to turn their eyes and hearts from a God of stone to the living God of love. What will be the impact 
of the sacrifice that you make for the well-being of the whole community. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for for being close to us. We we prayed that, we sang that, and here you are in, in close proximity to us in ways that we can't even begin to understand. But you are closer than our own heartbeat, and you are moving us as the people of God to look at life differently, to be set apart, to be your people for the whole well-being of the community. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. If you'd like more info about Roswell Presbyterian Church, check out our website at roswellpres.org.